Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, oh boy, hey. Hello, this is Cinebuds. I'm 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we're talking about the worst movies of 2020. The worst movies of 2020, K. Polly, what inspired you to pick this topic? I've been seeing some bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. No, I, I I have. I mean, you're always going to have the good and the bad, and we all we try to always talk about the good because we want to give you guys stuff to listen, to watch. But I don't think that talking about bad movies isn't giving you stuff to watch. I think you should still watch some of these bad movies. Um, there's an award show that happens every year called the Razzies, the Raspberries Award, or you know that that kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. and. I think the Raz. I get as excited about the Razzies as I do about the Oscars because the Razzies are the awards for the worst films, the worst performances of the year. And mm-hmm. it's become a really fun show, even so much as like the actors who are nominated for worst actor occasionally just show up to accept their award in this like very small uh, ceremony they have. So ever it's, it's kind of good natured, but also mean, mean, and nasty, sure. <laughs> a little sassy, yeah. And you know, some of these, some of these uh, films deserve it. And to be honest, most of the films that get nominated are still doing really well. So not every, you know, we all win. We all win, yeah. And so I think, I think that's the attitude that we want to take into it. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, we're having fun with this. And, yeah, we're uh, celebrating the bad movies, not disparaging. We are celebrating the bad movies. You were like, oh, I get as excited for the Oscars. And I was like, well, <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I get uh, I get more excited about that, perhaps. Well, I, I think that, I you know, you said like a lot of them are doing pretty well, too. And I think that that uh, goes into my thinking of like, what is a bad movie? And I think that there are several categories of bad movies. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that it's. It's and it doing anybody any good to uh, kick a bad movie while it's down, like a movie, <laughs> yeah. a movie that no one was gonna see anyway, that had like no budget and uh, is just like, you know, that everyone agrees on is bad. Yeah. I, I I don't think there's a whole lot there to say. I'm more interested in the movies that like a lot of people think are good or did really well or had a huge budget that yeah. Um, that that we don't think are are great. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. Just you know, counterpoint. Just a little counterpoint, a little to balance the scales a bit. Yeah, but don't think I'm not going to talk about cats again. Oh my god! You do not <laughs> besmirch the good name of cats. I, I knew that cats would be dragged into this, you and I knew be. that I would be left defending it. You will, you will, because cats. As I should point out, was the uh, the 2020 winner of Worst Picture for the Razzies was Cats. That is, in my eyes, an, a true winner because Cats yeah. had more heart and it tried harder Listen. than almost every other movie that we saw. Okay, so uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to say more about Cats in a second, but it'll be fun. It'll be fine. <laughs> so. Why don't you give a, what is a movie that you have nominated for worst or is in your category for worst, a movie that stuck in your car? Yeah. Some of this is a little personal uh, because I, I really love Sherlock Holmes. The character Sherlock Holmes, I think is a great literary character and a great film character. And they had an adaptation of it 
uh, uh, focusing on Sherlock Holmes' little sister called Enola Holmes. Yeah. So. I think it was like straight to Netflix uh, with, uh, with Millie Bobby Brown uh, mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill. And it wasn't so good for me. And it made me mad a little. All right. Uh, Enola Holmes. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Pollard is nominating a movie that I'm going to talk about in the podcast is Mank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just came out to Netflix. Beautiful black and white. It's like all of these things. It's like <laughs> it's dangling it in front of my face. It's like, hey, a movie critic guy who loves black and white and Gary Oldman and old Orson Welles movies like Citizen Kane. You're going to love this. And they were wrong. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> We're going to talk more about those right when we get back, so stick around. At Radio Milwaukee, we know there is power in music, creativity, and community. While we don't know what Milwaukee will look like in 2021, we know that you have a say in that future because you have the power too. When you support Radio Milwaukee this month, you can also support Imagine MKE's Artist Relief Fund. Your donation today will build a strong future for 88.9 and Milwaukee artists and creatives. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to make 2021 a little more musical. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Okay, Christopher, we back. So, cats. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. You want to talk about cats? Let's talk about cats. <laughs> Let's talk about cats. <laughs> take the gloves off. Let me, yeah. I just want to say that, so, the Razzies, March 2020, uh, <laughs> they, uh, Cats won Worst Picture for the Razzies. It also won, like, Worst Supporting Actress, Worst Supporting Actor. What a, it, it won a bunch of Worst Awards. But I love a good sweep. First of all, <laughs> we love a good sweep. I love we when do. you sweep it. But Cats is such a great movie to win that because I don't think anyone is hurt by that. Like Cats already has taken off its own, a life of its own as a bad movie that we're going to watch for a while. Like Cats is going to last and people are um, going to get into it. We were about to show a live a, a screening of it with like the kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, right. audience participation that was about to happen before the pandemic hit. So, uh, I mean, I think it's a perfect movie to win the Worst Movie Award. Christopher, were you not moved by Mr. Mustafali's a I mean, cat yeah. that cannot believe that doesn't believe in himself yeah. and is able to do it once everyone else believes in him? I was moved. Were you not charmed by Scrimble Shanks tap dancing on a railroad tie, Christopher? Were you not moved at Gus? Oh, hold on. <laughs> Were you not moved at Gus the Theater Cat's Tom Waits-like performance, his magnum opus of sad drama, Christopher? Were you not moved? I was moved in a different direction than you were. Uh, (laughs) And I was moved. And I will say, I love that tap dancing scene. And I I was moved by uh, uh, Jason 
Derulo, is that his name? His yeah. his off-screen duel with his missing package. And <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend has a very weird freak out about uh Idris Elba coming out with like crazy six-pack. So it yeah. makes him look like a nude man wrapped in a cat. Yes, it does. Uh so yeah, there's a lot of wonderful things think, about that movie. I think that I think that cats is a good conversation on expectations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, sure thing. Because I, I think that that is one thing that really drives whether you love or hate a movie. If like, because I came in after everyone had said that it was terrible, and so my expectations were really low, and so it exceeded my expectations. Yes, there were parts that were absolutely horrible, and it didn't make sense, and it was jarring, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes scary. But um, I've I. I liked it. I and I found <laughs> I found like ways to love it and part of it I think is punching against the criticism and then there are movies that you go into, you know, where everyone has said how great it is and if you saw it after everyone talked about how great it is, you're you're not going to love it or if it seems like it's pandering a bit um, then it can feel like you don't love it either, which is kind of what happened for me with the movie Mank, which is nice my- segue. Good segue. Did you, did you watch it? I didn't. I won't. I, I don't think I'm going to now because I like pretty quickly voices were heard saying, oh, this is not okay. I went in being like, we were. Last week, we did our favorite movies of 2020. And so that whole week, I did like a scramble of watching all the movies. And uh, it was one where it's like the credits started to roll. And I was like, okay, um, black and white movie featuring Gary Oldman about the making of Citizen Kane. Orson Welles, one of my favorite uh, actors of all time. It's got history. It's got drama. It's like super insidery. I was like, all of these things, it's like set me up to love it. And a lot of times I will let those carry me away. I like, I know, you know, I know that Roma was, was made to appeal directly to me and I let it, you know, it, it, if I'm going to like something, I'm going to like something. Um, but it slowly devolved because of how much I could not stand the character <laughs> of Gary Oldman. Yeah. And I think that that, like so many of these movies, there are just like things that I can't get over. And for me in Manked, it was the sanctimonious alcoholic played as misunderstood genius. He He is like the whole time he insults his way to success and then is drinking himself to death, hurting everyone around him and being an active jerk. And somehow we're supposed to come out of this movie thinking, oh, he was on the right side of history because he believed in in like this the, the values of humanity that we value today that he was that were overlooked at the time. And I didn't buy it. I Hated. So this is like the Joker. This is like it the was, Joker it was, 2020 dude, for you. It was kind of like the Joker <laughs> where it's like he, you know, he he's misunderstood and he's so dark because his heart is bigger than ours and he needs alcohol yeah. to suppress his love of humanity and that's why he hates it. You know, it's like yeah. I 
That's why I I really wanted to avoid it because I do. I love Gary Oldman as an actor. I think he's, I think he's one of the strongest actors around. And, and, uh, and again, same, I was, I was attracted to the subject matter, uh, but there was something just about the image that I saw that uh, from the, from the film, like the poster they have that, immediately made me feel weird about it but i was like yeah, it's just an image i can't judge on that but then you start hearing like oh this is straight up garbage from a ton of people enough people that made me worry like i don't want to get into a joker i don't want to sit down for something that's gonna like ruin again that taste of like oh we just talked about the best movies i don't want to but i actually heard a lot of good things about it from critics who i trust did you really yes i heard i heard it and with like with any bad movie it's not all bad you know like with 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 anything that you're that you're trashing it's like the cinematography was was beautiful the black and white the, I yeah. mean, the black and white had issues. It was digital, you know, as made to like look like film. A lot yeah, of times, yeah. like you could tell it was CGI, which just like kind of like really threw me off. A lot, a lot of people said that it like it didn't feel like he was the main character. It was all these people around him. And I, I, I went in even hearing push from critics that I know and trust being like, you're going to love this. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I'm worried mostly about your blood pressure. <laughs> That's what I think the... I think what we're getting. I got to say, Christopher. <laughs> what was what was the, what was another right. one for you? So I, I want to talk about Enola Holmes for a, just okay, a second. Okay, because I, I saw I it and I was not I was not insulted. Yeah, I love the Sherlock Holmes films, and I thought, oh, this will be an interesting take on it. I could tell right away this is going to be like a poppy version of it, like a like an appeal to younger audiences, and that's fine. I, I'm interested in different different styles yeah. of showing this character. But uh, Henry Cavill mm-hmm. as Sherlock Holmes is maybe, I think, one of the worst choices of, that you could have for him. Granted, it's not about him. It's about his younger sister. And I thought that'll be yeah. interesting, too. But it's a very, very poppy, bubblegum version of this these characters in the story. And I don't know. It, it, it's not like I think it all needs to be all, you know, tightly buttoned up and mm-hmm. classic at all like i think the the guy uh richie ones i think are really fun and really yeah. good and also really you know, stylized because this i felt like it was a bit yeah. it was a bit over stylized yeah. but i think that that's that those yeah. sherlock holmes that that series is very stylized as well so i felt like it was taking like a, a piece from those and 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 those are those are over stylized sure. in a way where i'm like it doesn't make me love it but it kind of works but, but yeah i don't know i it, she, yeah, I didn't like her in it. I didn't, even though Henry Cavill was just like, again, Sherlock Holmes is sort of like a secondary character in it. Oh, uh, just, uh, he's, first of all, too he handsome. Is. He's too handsome to be That's Sherlock Holmes. We have a lot of handsome Sherlock Holmes, but he's like too, he's Superman. You can't have Superman. And if you'd have to be an amazing right. actor to be Superman and Sherlock Holmes and Henry, Henry Cavill, God bless you. Yeah. You're just not. You're looking at you're a perfectly acceptable actor. You're not like a, a top yeah. tier. And then yeah, I, I thought Millie Bobby Brown was. F- uh, it's just too cutesy. It was just too cutesy, and it's such a good idea to focus on uh, his sister a- as a character. But I don't think they did a great job of it here. They did in the TV series. They did a cool uh, episode where they do it, and I think they could do a whole film about it mm-hmm. about her. Um, but. This one just didn't come yeah, off. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall, and sometimes I feel like that can be really really effective, yeah. and sometimes it can be a little sticky. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So, eh, not my favorite. Well, I, I think that that movie, uh, like the next movie that I want to talk about, um, is taking advantage of a captive audience. Um, there, there are now with Hulu and Netflix and all of the all of the streaming service has started to make their own movies. And it's interesting to right. see what kind of path they take. Netflix is like kind of like started super ambitious with movies that had high budgets and really were looking to be, I think, kind of like seeking to reflect the kind of like auteur cine like cinematography and movies that we love and respect. And then I think that Hulu and some other places and maybe Netflix a bit are just going for the uh, let's go for quantity over quality and are hitting the like direct to TV market, um, which is what I, I watched this movie last week in the week that I was watching like all the movies to try to catch up to see every movie that's been made in 2020. Um, I watched a movie called The Binge on Hulu. Have you heard of this? Uh-huh. No, I don't know about that. It falls, it falls in the category of like a movie that I don't think anyone is going to say this movie was great. I think that we can all pretty much agree that it is terrible. It is. <laughs> the, yeah. I, the, the premise of the movie is basically the hangover meets the purge. Oh, okay. It's like there's, there's <laughs> you know, society has outlawed like drugs and drinking. And then there's one day a year where everyone can do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see this premise. Which up, is. Yeah. It has full of problems in itself. But sure. I think the thing that was difficult for me is to see great actors in such a horrible movie. Do you know Eduardo Franco? Eduardo Franco? Eduardo Franco. He no. is a young actor. He, I first saw him in the series American Vandal. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. I have, I've seen him before, yeah. So he was in American Vandal. He was in Booksmart. I think that... I think that Eduardo Franco is a fantastic actor. I yeah. love him. I am just, he's just great. And I want to see better things from him. Yeah. It's terrible when you see someone that you respect and love doing something so terrible. And then like Vince Vaughn was in this too. It was like weirdly like had a good amount of star power for being just like a college drinking movie, you know? Um, but it was like everything that it tried. But even like, even in, by the way of doing something like Pineapple Express or The Hangover, like th those can be good. They can be effective. And and this movie just wasn't. And I felt like it was directly taking advantage of an audience that is stuck at home. Well, this brings up an interesting point because I've been seeing a lot of movies with huge actors in them, like real big cast and, you know, impressive lineup. But they, but they're real, real bad. Now that doesn't mean that that doesn't happen outside of a pandemic. But part of me started to feel like, why would these actors agree to this script <laughs> right now? And I genuinely wondered if it was made recently, just when people were like, "We just got to keep doing stuff." Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so a movie that I just watched is called Marauders, and I it was one of those I just put it on just to have something on. And Mar <laughs> Marauders has. Uh, uh, Stabler from SVU, uh, a lot of people, <laughs> and that's all I care to uh, know. Everyone knows him. Uh, that's right. Christopher Maloney. It had Dave Bautista, <laughs> wrestler turned actor Dave Bautista, and it had it had Bruce Willis, uh, Adrian Grenier, 
And uh, somebody else showed up in it. And I was like, why are you in this? But uh, I'm watching this movie and it's got a bunch of people in it. Bruce Willis has like maybe six, seven total minutes. He's like the villain. This is but just like every bulky, bald yeah, action oh, star in you know one what? movie. Except, yeah, the only thing only thing missing was uh, was the transporter, whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, <laughs> Statham. Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't have high expectations for this movie, but I genuinely was watching it. I'm like, this has almost every cliche for a, a, a yeah. police drama. And it's, it's like, spoke. <laughs> it's almost like the actor's, we're acting in a way as if to say to the audience, look, we know we're saying these things. <laughs> we know what's going on and we're sorry. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> it was it, – it genuinely sounded like it was written by a 14-year-old boy and then greenlit by a, another 14-year-old boy. Sometimes I feel like that's how superhero movies have gotten where I, I remember watching one of them and I'm like, they're really going to – they're really just going to say that like, this is yeah. really the premise is just, it's so a parody of itself. And I think that a lot of superhero movies have even taken that on and being like, Hey, we know how ridiculous sure. we are. We know that yeah. it's the same thing. So like, let's flip that script. Even that, even flipping the script is getting old. Sure. Yeah. They, well, it's like what they did with when they made like the dark Batman, the dark version of Batman, mm-hmm. then everyone thought, Oh, that did well. So let's all do dark versions of mm-hmm. characters, even if they're characters that are so cartoony, not so you can't really make them a broody, broody right. version. But no, this movie makes all of those movies look like Othello. Um, <laughs> I, I just genuinely was like, how did all these people, agree to this i'm like are do they yeah. are they just trying to finance something while uh while yeah. pandemic's happening there's a movie coming up called prom and the trailer makes me cringe and it's got meryl streep who usually could do no wrong meryl streep nicole kidman um and then a couple other bigger names uh so that it, it, the trailer made me cringe. However, Meryl mm-hmm. Streep is in another film simultaneously uh, with Diane Weist, uh and another. Oh, who else? There's some other great Guess actress. You that watched it. Did you watch it? Okay. I did. See, I'm excited about that. Was it good? Okay, so it was so weird. So I didn't know anything about it going in. I just yeah. saw the. Let's look it up. At first, to see what um, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, and I thought, oh, this isn't the prom, right? Like I was worried it was no. the same movie. Okay, it's called it's called Let Them All Talk. Yeah, and so exactly. I I did not know literally a single thing going into it, yeah. and it is like three women of a certain age, and uh, and then uh, a young man. And uh, I, as it started, I was like, oh, it's Oscar season. This is like Meryl going for her Oscar. And then they started going together and I was like, is this like a hangover for, you know, <laughs> I'm drinking ants? Um, yeah. Because that's what it seemed. Cause they just like get on a boat and right. uh, it was like, okay, they're going to get on a boat. And so there'll be nothing to do. So maybe they just get drunk or something like that. Um, but then it swung back to being a kind of like big statements about, love and family and um, kind of like a, a, a tad bit of Oscar bait. And I liked it. I think I liked yeah. it more than I should have. I, I, I There were parts of it that seemed that where I was like, this is not, this shouldn't, it shouldn't land. Like you see what it's doing. It's kind of like obvious in parts, but I, man, I liked it. 
Well, see, that's interesting because that's good because that's that's that trailer made me think, oh, that that actually looks really good. But there was one moment where I thought, I, I, where's Nicole Kidman? She was in the other trailer because <laughs> Meryl, Meryl Streep looks the same in both of these trailers. And I was and usually she uses she looks exactly different in every single movie she's in. But the uh, one made me cringe and the other one made me go, oh, this could be really good. There's some powerhouse actors in it. And, I'd love to know what you think because I had I had like a lot of thoughts. It's 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 like they get to, all that there is for the movie to do is unfold. Yeah, and and so that's like that's what it started off, and I was so confused. Right, and it's like it's by intention, you know. And so so that's come good. back to me, like yeah. Steven well, Soderbergh usually has some really interesting stuff, so I thought, well, I I have more faith in him than I do in this movie called The Prom. Okay. Movies, movies. Also, I just wanted to shamelessly plug K. Polly's Etsy store. Uh, <gasps> holidays, do. holidays are coming up. I just bought something for my brother on the Etsy store. I was just about to say what it is. There's no way he's listening to this. I bought a uh, Spike Lee <laughs> oh, poster. <yeah. laughs> that's that's awesome and sad that he's no way he's listening to this. But I get it. Put some I brothers get- on the wall. Yeah, that's what they say in that film, and that's correct. And now you can. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so, there's stuff for music lovers, movie lovers, and book lovers on there. It's all like, sometimes I'm just like, K-Poly is in my brain. It's all <laughs> it's all like the, the stuff that, you know, that I really have a special fondness for. Werner Herzog, Spike Lee, yeah. Agnes Varda. Right. It's like you just... I did. I did the Nailed. the um, Werner Herzog drawing that I did was inspired by our podcast when we talked about uh, Nomad, his film. I was like, I should draw him. He's such an He's interesting so character. Yeah. But yeah, please check it out. Yeah, check it out. This is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Thank Woo! you, Kenny. Um, uh, our we get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the license lab. I from assume our, they're handcrafted by little elves. Is it too nice. early to talk about Christmas? No, it is not. <laughs> our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. And uh, thank you to our uh, Associated Bank. Thank you, oh, Associated Bank. Thank you, our Associated bank. bank. Um, thank you to our members from 889 Milwaukee yes, and Milwaukee. Special, Bell. special people. And thank you for creating art. Oh, who Christopher Pollard, what? artiste. Are you talking about Christopher Pollard, who, if you Google K Polly uh, uh, and Etsy, that you might find his store? That guy? That's the guy I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Hey, oh, That's you're him. welcome. All right. Bye. Bye.